So with that being said, like, do you think there's any slight chance that Russ comes back? I actually do think it's possible. And I'm actually, I more recently, I've been buying into the idea that it's possible and for a couple of reasons. And the overarching theme of what I'm going to break down here is it's because the alternatives are not great. Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell. As you guys can tell, we have a guest on today's show. I would like to welcome today's guest. Uh, he works digital media production with the Denver Broncos at KOA Colorado, Anthony Rodriguez, um, as everybody likes to call him, A-Rod. A-Rod, thanks for taking time out of your morning to come on the show, man. I seriously appreciate it. How are you doing, man? Yeah, Amir, I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm doing real good. We're... Uh... Couple weeks removed now from the from the Denver Broncos season, so it's time to to dive in, just like everyone likes to do for the past seven eight years, is to talk some NFL draft and quarterbacks. Man, doesn't get old. Exactly, <laughs> the quarterbacks obviously super super fun to talk about. A lot of uh, options in this draft. A lot of uh, quarterbacks getting mocked to the first round. Um, gonna start off with uh, if you want to just give a, the audience a quick intro- introduction about yourself. Let them know what you do. I kind of already gave a little bit of a spoiler, but um, let them let them know uh, what you do with the Denver Broncos and everything. Yeah, so uh, like I said, my name is Anthony Rodriguez, A Rod, executive producer at KOA, the official radio home of the Denver Broncos. Um, a lot of my a lot a lot of different roles. A man of many hats, a Swiss Army knife. I do a whole lot of different stuff. I pretty much run all of our station's social media. Um, I produce our midday show, the Mandy Connell show. Um, but on game days, um, I'm either if it's a home game, usually at the stadium, I'm doing some social media coverage for the for the games for our station, um, or um, or doing something remotely regarding our regarding our coverage. Um, uh, putting out the game day newsletters. Um, so if you get notes from our, from KOA, that's, that's all me putting that out for you guys, uh, giving you, uh, the best coverage here in town of, uh, of your Denver Broncos and, uh, and, and yeah, so pretty much, pretty much a little bit of everything, um, you know, diving in on, on all stuff, NFL drafts, usually at Broncos HQ for every draft every year, um, anchoring our coverage, um, helping to conduct our, our interviews with the draftees when they come in town. Um, on our station and, and kind of run a little bit of everything, um, different, different, different video, uh, video stuff for all the different shows across all the platforms. Um, I guess another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. At all the platforms, including our, our TikTok, um, which has done super well in the last couple of years since we launched that. So I appreciate all the all the viewers and listeners um, interacting with all that and all of our content across all the platforms. So a little bit of everything. So any 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 Broncos coverage on KOA, uh, I'm, I'm likely uh, enveloped in that in some capacity. So there you go. So I want to go ahead and jump into, speaking of social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram, the Seattle Seahawks official account. Um, just real quickly, I want to talk about it. I thought it was hilarious. They posted like a little bit of a, um, a stat uh, like comparison between PS2 and Tariq Woolen. Um, they went ahead and showed uh, like targets, completions, interceptions, touchdowns, yards, pass deflections. Like I thought, I thought that was hilarious. What What were your thoughts on uh, these uh, interesting, very interesting stats the Seahawks Twitter account posted? Yeah, you know it's funny they they missed an interesting one. Uh, and I'll pull from a good buddy of mine, Zach Seegers. Uh, what about times benched? Because I don't see that on there. PS2, they'd be a big fat zero. Intrigue will and uh, there'd be there'd be a big old one. Um, it's it's quite interesting, uh, and, and proof is in the pudding that you can bend numbers uh, any way that you want them to, to to tell the story that you want because no one in their right mind puts Pat Sertan Jr. Uh, one of if not arguably the best corner in the league in the conversation with with Tariq Woolen. So um, it's silly. Uh, it continues to drive the narrative that even with Pete Carroll gone, Schneider still in the house, and the Seahawks still want to run with the anti Broncos stuff um, since since the Russ deal. So you know it it is what it is. And you know what's really interesting is hey Seattle, you'd take Russ back, <laughs> wouldn't you? Because look at that. Look how that's kind of worked out and uh, for you guys uh, in in the sense that I, I think Russ would work pretty well on that team, even with the post Pete Carroll team. So it's just the post. Post trade stuff, um, you know, they. I think, I think at the end of the day, the contract that the Broncos gave Russ is making it a little bit more lopsided. But I mean, the deal seems kind of outside of the draft picks. You know, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, you know, Noah Fant. I mean, whatever. I, I just it, this is this is silly. This is this is dumb. And no one on no one on Seattle's entire building would rather have Wool than Sertan. So give me <laughs> exactly. a break. Yeah, you just got to look at it from that perspective. I thought the yards that they put on there were very, very misleading and just hilarious. It looks like someone just pulled this up from like pro football reference or something. Like if you if you go back through all the tape, I highly doubt that the 701 yards. It, PS2 even says it in his tweet. Yeah. He's like, I didn't give up nowhere near 700 yards, by the way. And just a disclaimer, he did also uh, tweet another time giving Tariq Woolen his respect because he's just a stand up guy like that. And Tariq Woolen, I did notice he commented like a star emoji on one of the instagram posts i'm not going after Tariq woolen personally but like i thought i thought that was just interesting how he also played into this with the seahawks like it, like you said two times bench zero times bench that that tells you everything you need to know and ps2 actually knows how to tackle as well so yes and and, and on woolen's point yeah I, I props to him in the sense that hey if he's been putting the conversation you know contribute he's not gonna He's not going to come out and say, no, you know, Sertan's better than I am. He's going to just kind of like a smirk, you know, just kind of like, a, all right, like he doesn't agree. <laughs> I don't think he would agree, <laughs> but I, I think he just appreciates the props of his team. It's, you know, it's his, it's his team. Um, they're going to go to bat for his guy, but Seattle Seahawks, let's be a little realistic about it. They're not in the same conversation. All right, let's chill a little bit, but what, do what you got to do. Got to go to bat for your guys. I don't have any problem with the idea of it. It's the, it's the execution on, Putting Tariq Wall in the same conversation as Pat Sertan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, so enough of that. Let's go ahead and jump into some Broncos quarterbacks. Uh, you already mentioned Russell Wilson a little bit. He is expected to uh, part ways from the Denver Broncos this offseason, looking like it's headed south. That relationship, Broncos expected to use that ch- uh, post-June 1st designation, meaning they'll be having to look for another store- starting quarterback uh, this offseason for what seems like the 100th time. Um, how do you feel about how the Broncos first off handled the Russell Wilson situation? Um, George Payton basically was like dodging the questions of the media regarding his decision uh, to threaten uh, Russell Wilson um, to bench him uh, regarding, you know, pushing back his injury guarantee date midseason. Um, how do you feel about how they handled that situation? Um, do you maybe feel like they could have uh, handled it differently? Just how do you feel about like Russell Wilson's tenure and how they handled uh, his uh you know, benching situation uh, towards the end of the year. You know, I'm I'm in what has seemingly become the vast minority on this, and that is that I have no issue with how anything was handled. I have no issue with Sean Payton. I have no issue with George Payton, the ownership group, anything reg- regarding that that team of individuals on the Broncos how they handled this. Um, my simple reaction and question is: Did they bench him before they were out of the playoffs race? No. Uh, it was it was either uh, you know uh, just an empty uh, I'm not gonna you know in quote because everyone's saying it threat to bench him. We don't know exactly what happened. We don't know the conversation that went down. What we do know is that in the midst of a playoff race, when Russell at times played much better than he did last year, they kept him on the field. He was the starting quarterback for this team until they lost at home to a much much less franchise and team than the New England Patriots. And then they pretty much were out of the playoff race. Um, you know, I, they, they, that was it. That was it. They, they still had two games and they still had a little bit of hope. They had some hope for the AFC West, but when they were in the race, Russell Wilson was starting. When they lost that game, it changed everything. How that offense looked changed everything all season long. We had an understanding and an idea in our minds that Sean Payton was going to do what he could with Russ in this offense even though we all knew and then saw square peg round hole, square peg round hole. Yeah. It was, it, 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 I don't think it was going to work from the start. I don't think that it's necessarily a surprise. Um, but overall, I, I, I really did have no issue with it. I am, I am, if you really want to separate this, cause everyone in Broncos country is I'm team Sean Payton on this. I have absolute faith in Sean Payton and George Payton to to lead this franchise and to decide moving forward, even though we can talk about this, how it's a very, very uh, it's a very, very tough situation in terms of where they go at quarterback now that they're going to likely be moving on from Russ. Um, but I had no problem with it. I mean, this guy, the, the way the contract was worked out, uh, his agent doesn't make enough money. He needs a raise for how they work this thing out. Because the, the, that, that guarantee, it, it, it put him in a tough spot. But at the same time, it's like, hey, Russ is set to make that money. And the Broncos had to make a decision. And we and again, I'm not going to split hairs on the um, the decision of was Jarrett Stenham a spark or was this purely financial? I think it was a combination of both. I truly do. I I think that Sean Payton went through as much of the year as he could while you're, you know, you go one and five. And then they go, obviously go on the great run. They get in the playoff race. Um, they're not going to make a change then. Um, I think it was a combination of both. It wasn't necessarily that stint where I will 
kind of draw back a little is I don't think necessarily it was that Stidham was going to be a spark. Just overall um, change it up because you at least had it. It's a it's a it's a it's a known versus unknown. You knew that with this offense with Russ, there was a ceiling because of how much Russ didn't fit the offense. So it's not necessarily that Stidham was going to be better. It's that he was going to be different, different in the sense that Stidham, I think, while obviously a much much more of a subpar quarterback regarding comparison to Russ. And then Russ is, um, Russ is obviously history and have being such a, a, you know, a top 10 quarterback, top five at times. Jared Stidham was just going to be different and possibly fit the offense a little bit better. There were glimpses. I mean, the first couple first completion, I know, I think, I think the first one, and maybe a, a couple on that, dr- that first couple drives, they were down the middle of the field. They were in, they were in, they were fitting Sean Payton's offense. So no, it didn't provide a spark. Um, even though Jarrett Stim could very likely be the starting quarterback week one next year, it was about just finding something different because you're out of the playoff race out barring an absolute miracle after the Patriots loss. Let's change it up and see Sean Payton's offense ran a little bit more true to his offense than we had seen all year. Let's see those two games, forget Stidham. Let's just see something different and fit a little bit more into that offense. So I, again, not to go too far off, but I, I have I have no problem with how it was handled. I think it's a combination of well, hey, now we're in the playoff race. Let's go ahead and make this move. It also it also saves us financially because you, you can't ruin you can't have two games that basically mean nothing. Screw you for two full seasons. I mean, you aren't you you made the injury guarantee means locked in. He's getting twenty twenty four. You want him to guarantee twenty twenty five because of two games that mean nothing. It was a smart move. People are saying that Sean Payton is selfish for the way that he handled the offense all year and didn't accommodate Russ more. No, I think it's more selfless because if the Broncos were to play a whole lot better in the offense, like a whole lot better, you can't, you probably aren't moving on from Russ. And if Sean knows that Russ isn't going to fit his offense, make the selfless move and do it for one year. See what you can. You were in the playoff race. Great. You did what you could, but then you move on. You move on and you find a guy that fits this offense better. You find a guy that fits Sean Payton better. Um, Russ is going to go somewhere, and I didn't do well. I'm going to be rooting for him. This has been the probably the, it'll be the toughest breakup I think since since Payton in terms of quarterbacks that have come and gone through here. Because I really do like Russ. I loved the idea of him coming here. But when Sean Payton became my coach, I I was wondering how this was going to work. I was hopeful in the sense that it could work better, that the offense can be accommodated more to fit Russ. But I'm on. I'm on team Sean Payton on this entire thing. That's just where I'm at. That's where I am moving forward. And in the likelihood that Russ is moving on, I'm excited to see what Sean and, and George do with the, the quarterback position. Yeah, I agree with the whole, you know, Sean being selfless thing. Cause you look at the Texans game where they kind of let him, you know, here, put the ball in Russ's hands and the gun drop back. Like, Hey, Russ, go win us this ball game. And, it did not look great. And you see a lot of these games where he just wants, Sean Payne just wants to win football games. And we talk a lot about on this show, like, yeah, there was a lot of screen passes and everything, but I feel like sometimes he's just trying to get the ball in the receiver's hands to like make plays after the catch. Like, was it a bit repetitive at times? Absolutely. But um, I, I don't know. It's I just look back to that Texans game and a few other games as well, where you ask Russ to go win the game and he just simply does not see open receivers at times. And um, that leads me to like my next question. Um, a lot of people are kind of still hanging on to the thought of maybe Russ coming back. Do you buy into that at all? Because um, if we're being honest, the top three quarterbacks, it's going to be like by a miracle. I don't I'm not sure if the Broncos are going to get you know be able to trade up for one of those guys just because it looks like they're gonna go one two three um with drake McHale williams and um jane daniels 
So with that being said, like, do you think there's any slight chance that Russ comes back? I actually do think it's possible. And I'm actually, I more recently, I've been buying into the idea that it's possible and for a couple of reasons. And the overarching theme of what I'm going to break down here is it's because the alternatives are not great. Yeah. There is only one way, and I'll start with, those, with, with, with the draft. There's only one way the Broncos get one of those top three quarterbacks because it's very likely that it goes one, two, three. I, so I tweeted this a couple weeks ago, and I'll start with this. The Chicago Bears exclusively hold the Broncos' future at quarterback in their hands. And what I mean by that is if they draft Caleb Williams and then the commanders and the Patriots draft uh, whatever combination of, of May and of um, Jaden Daniels, then it goes one, two, three, and the Broncos are – are, are, are screwed in terms of getting those three guys. And then we're now talking about the next tier of, of Penix, of McCarthy, and I didn't do that in the right order, so don't come at me. Penix is not my fourth quarterback. McCarthy, Knicks, and Penix. Those aren't guys that you necessarily want to take at 12. Those aren't guys that necessarily going to be your week one starter. Those aren't guys that are going to be ready day one. So you start to think about the alternatives. If you get those guys, the most ideal situation is that if you're looking at one of those three guys, you don't have to take them at 12. You can either trade down or get one of them in the second round. I don't think any of those three. Penix is possible. I don't. That I definitely don't think McCarthy. I don't think Knicks will be their second round. Um, you probably have to take them because that fifth-year option is so crucial. That fifth-year option is so, so crucial. So what, the reason why I'm bringing this all up is because if you're talking about one of those guys not being a week one starter, then you're either referencing either Jarrett Stidham being your week one starter. You're either talking about Jimmy Garoppolo being your week one starter, or you're talking about Garrett Gardner Minshew being your week one starter. And if any of those are the options, by the way, my favorite out of those three is probably Minshew. But if those are the three options to be number one day one, when the other guys are getting ready, if they're not ready, and they likely wouldn't be. McCarthy, definitely not. Bo Nix, possible, could could have a good camp be the guy. Penix, no. Um, then I'd rather have Russ be the guy again. I would rather Sean Payton commit more to, as much as I don't think that he would want it, I think I'd much rather have Sean Payton cater a lot more of his offense to Russ, as unsustainable as it is, because as great as Russ has been throughout his career, the bottom line is a Russ offense is not sustainable. And people come at me saying, well, you know, I can give you 10 years of tape that suggests that it is sustainable. It's not that it's not it's sustainable is a, is a tough word. It's not like, like I'm not talking about like individual games, it's like over the course of a season, like we saw with the Broncos, it was it's super it's it's super tough to keep it up. I feel like there was a lot of luck involved. I think it's a lot of late game heroics. That's not kind of, that's not, and I, and people will then rebuttal me. I'm like debating my own self here saying, well, you know, a lot of NFL games are one score games. Sometimes you have to win a lot of big ones. We all watch this offense all year. Yeah. We know that a lot of late game heroics, a lot of really lucky plays. We saw maybe, you know, 90% of the game, the offense looked, looked not great. And then 10% was just enough to squeak by in, in a couple of those wins on that streak after being one and five. It's not consistent. It's not, it's not sustainable. And we are now suddenly mentioning words that are very that are the most important in a Sean Payton offense. That what's that's what has to be. You have to throw it over the middle of the field. You have to be accurate. You have to make smart decisions. You can't rely on your first read. You can't rely on the deep ball. You can't just go outside the numbers. Russell Wilson and Sean Payton couldn't pee more of square peg round hole. 
But if you're telling me they can't get one of those top three quarterbacks, and there's one specific way I'll mention in a second how they can, it has to exactly happen that way. And I'll eventually go back to the Bears. But if they draft the Bo Nix or a McCarthy or a Penix, in my rankings as of today, and it changed literally today, again, between the top three, the next tier, number one for right me right now is barely Bo Nix and then JJ, and then far down to a next tier is Penix. But if one of those guys is drafted and they aren't ready day one and you bring in a Garoppolo, a Minshew, or you keep with Stidham, I'd rather Russ be the guy here again. The problem is it only works if he changes his contract because you have to be where only 2024 is guaranteed and you aren't locked in for him with 2025. If he doesn't adjust, then you move on because you can't have it go beyond 2024. You can't. Real quick before I forget to mention, the only way to get one of those top three quarterbacks specifically is if the Bears pass on Caleb Williams and specifically only trade that pick to the Commanders or the Patriots at two or three. If any other team, Broncos, but not likely, the Bears won't go down to 12. If any other team goes up to one and takes a quarterback, then it still goes one, two, three. But if they are able to sell, and I like that the GM mentioned, hey, you know, if we're blown away, I'm just saying, you know, they, they're trying to convince people that they're going to take Caleb Williams. I think they probably are. But if they don't, and they convince specifically the Commanders or the Patriots, the two or three, to move up to one, then it's not one, two, three quarterbacks anymore. Because then, let's say the Commanders or the Patriots move up to one and take Caleb, and then the and then the Bears move down to two or three. Well, they're not going to take a quarterback, because if they were going to take a quarterback, they would have taken the guy they wanted at one. So now we're talking, and those top three picks, only two quarterbacks go. If that third one is a guy the Broncos want, I think it's, I mean, I put Jaden Daniels too right now. I know some most people put, put May too. But if May is the guy that they want, and he falls down, Four and five, Cardinals and Chargers, even though the Chargers division, those are the teams I'm looking at that is a lot more likely to go from 12 to four or five and get that third of the three that falls. That is the only way the Broncos get one of those top three quarterbacks and this whole conversation isn't a, isn't a problem. Otherwise, if any other team goes up to one, two, or three, it still goes one, two, three quarterbacks. Any quarterback needy team that goes there, it, it, that's the, that's, this is the only way. So, I know that's a long, long discourse, but it's 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 really convoluted. It's really crazy. It's super unlucky that the Broncos in a year where they would take one of these quarterbacks, they sit at 12, and so many quarterback needy teams are above them. I mean, we're just talking about one, two, three. There's other teams that would be higher than the Broncos that the Bears don't have to trade down to 12 because I don't think there's no – there's no I don't think there's any scenario where the Broncos go from 12 to 1. The Bears aren't going to want to trade that low. If they walk away from the one pick, I think they want to start just try to land Marvin Harrison. So I just don't see it possible as sad as it is. Cause I I'm so in love with Caleb Williams and I wish it were possible. It's just not, but it's, it's convoluted. My whole, my whole main point is extremely convoluted because there's a million different ways this can go. I don't envy Sean and George for having to figure this out, but that's why I think, after thinking about this, they said it's possible for us to come back, but it has to be under the right contract. It has to be for just 2024. They can't land one of those top three quarterbacks. They don't think a Bo Nix, McCarthy, or Penix would be ready. And then Russ can maybe come back in the right situation. I think it's still very unlikely, probably like a 15% chance. Um, and that's not even addressing the relationship that would need to be mended with all this. I think Russ really likes Sean still. I think Sean can adapt more to Russ if required, and then we can have a conversation. But I don't think it's likely. Yeah, another like 
miracle scenario would be the Broncos trading from like 12 to in, t- in the, like the top seven or something like that. And even then it's super unrealistic just because the team wants to see how the draft board is going to fall at that point. Like before the draft even starts Broncos trading top seven, then in that top seven, they can maybe move into top three. Even like, even though I'm just throwing out scenarios, guys, I don't think I highly, I would put a lot of money. It's not going to happen, but like I said, man, it sucks just because the probability of any of those quarterbacks falling is just like close to zero. Like it's mm-hmm. it's tough because the, I I do I strongly I do think those three guys are going to be major franchise quarterbacks, and it would have been really nice for finally finally this year the Broncos get their guy. And I'm I'm a high believer that like taking quarterbacks super high in the draft, um, most of the time, most of the time pays off and you see a lot of like a lot of the teams in the playoffs right now have quarterbacks under 30 years old um have quarterbacks selected within the first 10 picks um a lot of them the majority of them are first round picks like it's just the way the nfl is going the way you kind of um find success in the quarterback position it's rare that you find quarterbacks after the first round uh you know to be a franchise guy but it's unfortunate um you talked about sean Payton a little bit real quickly how would you assess and evaluate sean Payton's first year as broncos head coach i think we can all agree it wasn't perfect but um do you think it was more of like he did he made all the difference that he possibly could have done um and just had a few like hiccups here and there or do you feel like um maybe you're feeling on more of the critical part of the sean Payton club i know you you're your team sean Payton. so but how would you like overall evaluate his season I thought it was I thought it was a good year. Um, I thought from the leadership perspective, I mean, the head coach in the NFL, we we often forget just because of um, a lot of head coaches, a lot of the good ones, you know, also being really, really great play callers. And Sean is that. But I think this year it was more about being the leader of men, um, separating himself, not intentional. Well, I almost said not intentionally, but his preseason comments about last year's coaching staff kind of made it a little a little bit more intentional. And I think he would obviously sounds like he obviously would go back on making those comments, but he intentionally was trying to to change his culture. I mean, he's a Bill Parcells guy. He is he has to overhaul this thing. Overhaul not just a one year worth, but overhaul since the Super Bowl's worth of of culture on this team. So big picture, I really like what he did. I like him as a head coach. I know I, I hear people's criticisms of him maybe being a, a bit of a dictator. Um I don't want to use like the word un- unfriendly, but that's what people think. I don't see that. I see it as a guy. It seems like the vast extreme because it's such an adjustment to changing to what this culture needs to be that I think it seems a lot more drastic than it actually is. I think I think for the guys that remain on the squad, and I do think there's going to be a decent amount of overhaul, but for the guys that do remain on the squad, I do think there'll be a bit uh, there'll be a bit of a drawback in terms of um, the stranglehold of of just the overhaul of that feel of just being really strict. I do think it'll it'll soften up a bit um, on the field. Like I've mentioned, I kind of alluded to it. Um, I think he did struggle catering this offense with Russ as the quarterback, um, but I think that's okay to want what you want in terms of running an offense. You want a guy who can throw in the middle of the field, who is consistent, who can make all the throws, who is, you know, I know game manager gets the, gets a bad rap. And I, I I use that really loosely because that's not necessarily it, but it's kind of starts with that. And, and Russ, Russ and Sean just aren't a good pairing. And I think that Sean would admit it. I think Russ is starting to figure that out. Um, So I think the management of that, could have been a bit better in the sense that I think there could have been some more catering to to Russ's skill set 
you know, do what you can with what you have at the moment. Even if Sean came in and I'm, I, I, I got to continually remind people, Sean didn't mention quarterback when it came to importance of coming to a franchise. He mentioned the triangle. He mentioned the, the ownership and the GM and the head coach being in sync. That was what was most crucial. Not the roster, not the quarterback, nothing else is to have the right amount of say, to have the right direction, to have the ability to mold your team around what you want. And that's what Sean is getting. I am extremely glad that he has got the keys to this thing. I think he is the best head coach we've had in a long time. I think he is a really good play caller. I think his offense has some adjustments to do, but I'm excited for, I'm excited and nervous in a good way about, okay, now if Sean, if you came in here not thinking that you wanted to stick with Russ past 2024, um, or I guess past 2023, moving into 2024 and beyond, you now get a big majority, if not the absolute say, and who your quarterback is going to be. The unfortunate side of this is what we just discussed in the sense that the cards are not in their favor at terms of picking that quarterback. Because, I mean, it's just the how the draft board, is as good as it is at being at 12, it's almost completely useless at being at 12 because of all the quarterback needy teams that literally stack the board at one, two, three, a couple more filtering in there between those three and the Broncos at 12 and the free agent class, and the situation with Russ, the 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 deck is stacked against it right now in terms of the ability to improve at the quarterback position. And that's why I will go back and draw back on the fact that I think Sean and George said basically like, hey, the door is open because the, the door is open for us because of the alternative at quarterback. I think even, even the Russ that we saw, let's say that there's a no adjustment in the offense and anything we saw, that Russ, this last season, is still better than a lot of those options. And that's saying something. I think that they would adjust more if they would keep Russ. But even if they didn't, that's better than Jimmy G, than Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, that's, that's yeah. I, if Russ, they have to draft a quarterback within a reasonable round. Um, at 12, I wouldn't necessarily be pleased with it because it's too high but if you target jj mccarthy as your guy take him at 12 it's too high but you take him at 12 you don't risk trading back you don't you don't mess around with that bo nicks you probably want to stockpile a couple more picks if you move back four or five to then get him um and then Penix, you i don't think i, I don't think there's any chance to get Penix. i liked Penix for a while i've gone up and down that michigan game holds a lot of stock with me it did not look well a lot of things reared their ugly heads um but I know I'm getting all over the place, but but overall, Sean Payton, I, I I give him a solid B. I mean, this was their one win away from the first winning season in a long time, and that is what we saw with this offense that we all know wasn't wasn't great. The defense had a lot of issues early in the season. Vance uh, had a big time uh, overhaul in terms of just the way he ran things and got that get, got that unit together. There's a lot of old pieces that need to likely be on the move. I think we're going to see a lot of guys go out that door that aren't Sean Payton guys or aren't on board with his direction. A uh, decent amount of overhaul. I think a decent amount of names that people are familiar with that aren't going to be on this team anymore. Um, and we're going to see Sean get his way. And I'm excited for, I'm excited for that possibility.
Yeah, you're not going to get any pushback from me. We're huge fans of uh, Sean Payton on this on the show. We were advocating for him big time this uh, last offseason. But, A-Rod, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the show, man. It was, it was a great episode talking Broncos football, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. You brought some really, really uh, interesting good points to uh, the Russell Wilson um, situation. It definitely, there's... The, just because of the pool of options out there with you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, a lot of these yeah. other guys like uh, Russell Wilson at this point, like the, you're probably going to see the same win total anyways. You might as well. I I, I really go back and forth on it. Um, but A-Rod, like I said, thank you so much for taking time uh, to be on the show, man. It was a good episode. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me and Broncos fans. There, There's a lot of hope. You got the right guy at the helm to, to be making these decisions. My lasting message overall is I, I whether it's Russ, whether it's Jacoby, which I, I know a lot of people are big fans of. I'm not big on the Jacoby thing. I'd rather have Gardner Minshew. I, I'd probably even rather have Jimmy G. Um, but overall, if the Broncos have a vet, if it's Russ or somebody else, they got to have another quarterback getting ready. I want to see a quarterback developing. I want to see who in that next year. I want to see a Bo Nix. I want to see a JJ McCarthy. I still would even be intrigued at Michael Penix, who, as people have kind of said, is a left-handed. Uh, the bad side, the bad part. Of the of 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 Tua and mixed with some Russ, which is intriguing if he were to be the guy behind Russ. But I want to see quarterback developing behind a vet. I, I really do. It's vital for me. And if you can trade, if you can get one of those top three quarterbacks, I'm telling you, whatever it takes, get there and do it. If that door is open, Bears, please don't take Caleb. You hold the the Chicago Bears hold the keys for the Denver Broncos' future at quarterback. Please, please don't take Caleb. Please open the door for us. Just saying. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate the time, man. Yeah, of course. You can find uh, A-Rod on Twitter at AnthonyRod33. Make sure you guys go uh, give him a follow. Great uh, content with the Denver Broncos over there. Um, great episode. If you guys are listening on YouTube, please hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel. Much, much appreciated. Uh, turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. And uh, make sure you guys um, show support. Five-star rating over there on Spotify as well. But with that being said, I'm your host, Samir Farrell, with my guest, A-Rod. Till the next one, peace out, everybody.